Okay, welcome back to the Author Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Siebold, and just want to remind you guys, if you haven't subscribed to the the podcast, go to authorspeakerpodcast.org, O-R-G. Subscribe, we'll send you an email, you'll get an episode, a new episode every week, so you never miss an episode. Okay, so today I want to talk about something that's not real popular with authors and speakers, but very, very important at the same time, and here it is. Make sure whether you're a full-time speaker, full-time author, part-time, whatever it is, no matter how much money you're making or not making, make sure you live below your means. Now, this is common sense. If you're sitting there going, well, yeah, that's common sense, Steve. Well, guess what? A lot of people don't, especially speakers. Um, authors tend to, you got to sell a lot of books to make a lot of money. You know, I mean, I'm sure Tom Clancy's doing just fine and people like that that sell millions and millions of books. But in our world, the nonfiction writing world, you know, I've sold almost two million books and, and, you know, there's some money from that. I mean, there's some good money for sure. I mean, you know, I'm really grateful for, you know, the opportunity to be able to do that and the success we've had and everything. Um, But it's not like speaking. Okay, but on the speaking side, I have seen so many speakers over the years get really successful and make a lot of money. All of a sudden, they're making so much money they don't have to do with it, and they just blow it, and they spend it, and they got nothing. And here's the thing with speaking that's a little bit different, as well as writing, frankly, but speaking, obviously, there's more speaking. There's more money, for the most part, across the board in speaking than there's writing, although they go together in our business. It's a little bit different because we have so many things that can get in the way. Obviously, the the you know the eight hundred pound elephant in the room is our uh, the gorilla. Is that I forget which metaphor that is, gorilla or elephant, but whatever it is, um, you know, recently has been COVID. The world shut down for two years. I had a, I did an interview the other day for Success Magazine, and the person doing the interview said, "Well, how's your speaking business?" And I said, "It sucks." The world's been shut down for two years, <laughs> you know, and it did suck. And we, and, and for two years, of course, there's no speeches to be given and we lost millions. And so did every other major speaker, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, obviously, but not even, you know, COVID was obviously a once, hopefully a once in a century kind of a thing. But, uh, but, you know, in 2007, 2008, part of nine, we had the recession and a lot of speakers went out of business. I was very fortunate. For some reason, we skated through the recession. I have no idea why, honestly, all false modesty aside, I couldn't tell you why. But we we just uh, we were really busy through the recession. But a lot of speakers were not, and they went out of business. And I remember getting a, a letter from the current president of NSA, National Speaker Association at the time. I was just about to chair the Million dollar speakers group for them, uh, the the top which is the top group of of all the five thousand members. That's you know the, for my year where there were thirty nine of us that qualified in the world. So it's a very unique, it's a very you know uh, prestigious group of people that are making millions of dollars as speakers. And I got a letter as the other top speakers did. I think they invited seventy five to the top speakers, gross sales wise, earnings wise, in the country in the United States to a meeting in Dallas and this was in the heart of the recession. And I was about to be the new chairman coming incoming chairman of the million dollar speakers group and the letter. And I used to read the letter to people, you know, for years I did that in speakers meetings. It said, basically the phone has stopped ringing 
and we're afraid that it's never going to ring again. I'll never forget that. For some reason, I thought, that is the most pessimistic thing I think I've ever heard from an association president. And I thought, well, for, for one, our phone was still ringing a lot. And so was everyone else's that I knew. I mean, I, I mean, Brian Tracy, you know, we've done some, we were doing some work with Brian Tracy at the time. Brian was swamped. Jeannie Robertson, um, I knew Jeannie really well. And uh, Jeannie was, I saw Jeannie in the Louisville airport, like in 2010 or something. And I said, Jeannie, really? Louisville? You know, Louisville, we're, we're playing Louisville. Both of us are speaking in Louisville. I said, how many times do you speak in Louisville? She goes, I never speak in Louisville. I go, I don't either. Why are we here? <laughs> and we're laughing. She was so funny. And, um, you know, she's one of the greats of all time. Bill Gove graduate, of course, from the 60s, 1963. And just one of the greats of all time until we lost her last year. She was just unbelievable. But Jeannie said, how are you doing in the business? And she whispered it. And I said, we're killing it. I don't know. We're really busy. And I said, how are you doing? She goes, you looked around like people were looking at us. And she said, and there was no one there, Harley. We were in baggage claim getting our bags in the Louisville airport. And we had both just landed. <clears throat> and uh, she said, we're, we're so busy. I don't know what to do. She goes, but don't tell anyone because all these speakers in NSA are going out of business. And I feel terrible. And I said, well, I don't know. You know and she said, well, keep it going. You know, I don't know what else to say. So we were really busy, but a lot of people just really got hammered. Um, you know, with that, with that time period for whatever reason. And of course it was really rough. I mean, the business never, I don't think the business ever really recovered, you know, the industry ever really recovered from that loss. So many people went out of business. And, um, so they sent that letter because NSA was panicking and they wanted to know what the top grocers and the, you know, the, the, the top people grossing the most money in the business. Um, you know, they did a three day meeting with us in Dallas and I went, I was filming some stuff with Brian Tracy and Brian lives in San Diego, Solana beach, California. And I was living in Florida at the time, and so we met there. And uh, Brian and I agreed not to say anything because we, you know, we were we were pretty sure we were going to disagree with their strategies. But basically, this letter said, you know, it's it's everything stopped and it's not coming back, and and we're really scared. The business is over, and uh, all these negative things, and and uh, so they they were panicked, and it was it was ridiculous. Honestly, it was it was kind of crazy. It wasn't ridiculous what that people were struggling. It was ridiculous that. The, the 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 big governed the one governing body of speakers national speaker association was freaking out when a lot of us at the top were doing really well and they should have asked us about our about our opinions as a matter of fact I was pretty sure and I went to the executive director I won't say his name he's no longer there but I went to him and I said and the person running the meeting actually as well and I said I'm here with Brian Tracy, and I'm pretty sure he makes the most money of anyone in this room. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close to the top of all these speakers. And I don't care to speak because it's free, so I don't need to speak. But I haven't been asked to speak, and and, and I don't care. Again, I don't care about that because it's, it's a free speech anyway. But I'm a little concerned that Brian Tracy is not being asked to speak. And they made some stupid excuse about why Brian Tracy wasn't – someone didn't like Brian or something like that. Some nonsense means nothing. And some personality deal with Brian. And I said, who cares? I don't care if you like him or not. What's the difference? He's the highest – he's the most successful guy in the room. That's what we want to talk to. I don't care if you like him. This is not fourth grade. You know, and I got into it with the guy. And, you know, it just it's just one of those political things. NSA is very political, and that's a whole other story in itself. But bottom line is, is that we weren't even asked until the end to, to comment. And then the, 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 the current president of NSA hit me and then hit Brian in front of the group after three days and said, well, you're Steve. You're the incoming chairman of the most powerful group of speakers in the world. Um, we want to know what you think about our strategies to come back from this recession as an industry. 
And they were talking about things like, oh, we need to start passing business cards out, making cold calls and ridiculous things like that that don't work in the speaking business and never did work. And so I said, you know, I'll just defer. You know, I'm just here listening. And because Brian and I decided we're not going to get in trouble. And uh, I think Brian was on the board at the time, and I was coming as a new chairman. I didn't really want to shake anything up because I get paid to shake up teams. I didn't want. To, I was doing that one for free, and I didn't want to do it. You know, it's a lot of work. And she baited me, and it was a woman, and she baited me, and I knew she wasn't successful in the business anyway because uh, I'd heard. And uh, she was just a person that worked her way up to be president with very little success in the business, and that happens because it's political. That's one of the reasons I don't like NSA as much as I should because they're very political. And they deny it at the same time, which is ridiculous. But anyway, um, she said, what do you think? And I said, I think you're living in Disneyland. I said, you guys think you're, you know, this is going to work, what you're talking about? I said, you're all going to be broke. Because that's what I think. You asked me. And, you know, and then we, she kept baiting me and baiting me. And, you know, we went back and forth, round and round. And I said, I think it's ridiculous. I said, you want to make money? You, you make money the way the top people make money. And I got into it. I don't want to get into all the stuff I said because it doesn't matter. But bottom line is, is that they, they thought this whole thing was going to just fall apart. And it did for a lot of people. But for the top people, it didn't because they were prepared. But that was something, you know, we couldn't control. Recession, obviously, that's an economic cycle. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it as an individual. But you just have to prepare for it. Know that the money is not always going to flow like water. It does in this business sometimes. And I've been, you know, very lucky about that too. And we've had years where, you know, the money's just flowing so fast, you don't know what to do with it. Your biggest problem is taxes and what the hell to do with all this extra money. And I know it sounds, if you're new to speaking or you're new to making money in the speaking business, it might sound, you know, like a ridiculous, like, oh, what a problem to have. But it actually is a problem. I mean, I know it's, it's good, it is a good problem to have, but it is a problem because you have to, if you don't do something with all that money gushing in, the government will take it. I mean, they'll, they'll tax you to death. You have to know what the hell you're doing. And it comes in fast, and you got to do it fast. And um, so it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. And so, um, but then knowing that it's cyclical, economies are cyclical. There's issues that come up. Hey, just the fact that you could lose your voice. Almost every year I've been on major speaking tours, which is almost every year in the last 23 years outside of COVID. Uh, and some years are more you know, busier than others, but most of the years are pretty busy, luckily. And you do speech after speech after speech and lose your voice. You can't give a speech without a voice. You know, they're not going to pay you. I, I have done speeches dog sick, like throwing up backstage before I went on stage and then did six hours straight or three hours straight. You know, you, every speaker has that story where like Dottie Walters, you know, from back in the day of uh, Walters Speakers Bureau and her book, Speaking Grow Rich. And, you know, she used to say, if you, if you, if you die, you still go to the speech. They prop you up in the coffin, you give the speech and then you die. Then they bury you. You know, it's an old saying because you don't miss a speech. Nobody, everyone, every speaker knows you don't miss a speech. You, you, I don't care what you have to do. Drive through the snowstorm, drive through the rain, walk to the speech. Your clothes don't show up in the air. You know, they get lost and luggage gets lost. You show up in shorts, t jeans, T-shirt. You give the speech no matter what. The show must go on. But that said, what if you have no voice? It happens almost every speaker. Les Brown is one of the speakers. I've worked with Les you know, several times over the years, and Les carries this giant bag. I mean like a giant bag a plastic bag of cough drops. And he, it's funny because it's so darn big. And I, he, he taught it to me. And I, I carry a little one. He carries this giant bag. He eats them like candy. But he says he needs to do it for his throat because for his voice. Because, you know, you talk loud and you talk a lot. And then you're talking to clients and you're doing book signings. You're talking to the press. You're backstage talking to the people back at the audio video. You know, you're, you're on stage. You're on all the time until you're not. 
and it wears your voice out. So what if you have no voice? That's going to happen. If, you, if you're in this business, you speak a lot, you're going to lose your voice. You know, unless you're really good at taking care of it, and I hope you are, uh, because it's a big thing. I was never that good at it, frankly. But most speakers are not, so you're going to lose your voice. Um, and that costs you money. That, you've got to have money to pay for that when you can't speak. Um, you're going to get tired. If you speak a lot, you're going to get tired of traveling. It gets old. Like, I remember in the beginning, you know, we're making money, and we're going to Australia, we're going to Sydney and Melbourne and Perth and Brisbane and, you know, London and, you know, Stockholm, and we're going all over the world, just bouncing from one town to another, you know, really having a good time. And we were young, and it was fun, and we were making money, and it was flashy, and, you know, we're talking to the press in Europe and the press in Australia and, the, you know, Scandinavia and Canada, and <laughs> it was a blast. Like, it was a lot of fun. But as I got older, it started to get tiring. It's just get, you just get tired because after a while, you realize all these places, for the most part, kind of look the same. Crowds are kind of the same. It is a privilege to do the job. I get it. And I, and I still like to do it. But you get tired traveling. Everybody gets tired after a while. And so um, you're not, at some point, you're going to go, look, the money's great, but I like to be home once in a while. I like to see my kid's baseball game once in a while. I like to you know, sit in the pool on Saturday or have a weekend or have a barbecue like normal people do instead of being in baggage claim in Brooklyn you know, or in, you know, <laughs> some, some airport you know, somewhere where you don't want to be. Um, you get tired, so you're going to want to not take as many speeches later on down the road than you do in the beginning. Okay. What about when companies have budget cuts? Happens all the time. Economy goes bad. You know, things have they they do cutbacks in companies. You have no control over that. The, my point of all these things is, is that there are many, many threats to your financial success as a speaker that you can't control. And um, you're going to want to make sure you live below your means so you have cash in the bank to pay for all those things. You know, like, you know, again, people say, how do you do with COVID? You know, you know, I mean, speakers just never are coming back to the business after two years of not working. The only reason I could still, you know, be be in business is because we saved a, bo a boatload of cash while we were making it because we knew what goes up must come down. That's the way business works. It's silical. I don't care if you're in the speaking business or you're in the sanitation business. It's silical and the economy silical. And, uh, and then again, all these other factors that come in COVID was just a, you know, obviously like a disaster, like a nuclear, you know, disaster, but, uh, hopefully we'll never see that again, but who knows? It might happen again. Oh, it may be, maybe COVID will shut down the world again and well, we won't get paid. What are you going to do? You know, there's nothing that you can really do. You can't control it. So point of it is just to wrap this in a bow is live below your means. Don't go out and buy a Rolls Royce. Okay. I know it's fun to spend the money, especially if you've never had it before. Believe me, I've done it. It's easy to do. It's easy to write checks. Easy to throw the plastic down, you know, and you're making so much money. You think you got to be kidding me. It's that I can pay for this in 20 minutes of a speech. I get it. You know, I remember paying my house off after a 45 minute speech in Orlando, paid my house off. I, I just blew my mind. It still blows my mind. You could do that. It was a pretty nice house too, but you know, it was a big speech. There are 20,000 people there and right place, right time and all that. But that doesn't always happen. And maybe that's the last one. You know, that's your best one. You never know. So live below your means. Be conservative, okay? Don't go out and buy a bunch of flashy stuff. Keep your money. Make sure you work with a financial pro, you know, so you minimize your taxes, those kinds of things, because the government will take the more money you make, the more they take. They can't wait to take your money. If you're paying more than 15% in taxes on your speaking business, you are paying way too much. You don't know what you're doing. You don't understand the tax system. Get a financial. You don't have to learn the tax system. Don't, you don't have to kill 
kill yourself doing it. Get a financial pro to explain it to you, and a, a good a good CPA and a good financial person that can do things like overfund insurance contracts so you don't pay on the growth of the money and you don't pay on the distribution of the money. Okay, things like that are that most people have no idea exist. Financial people can walk you through those things, and yes, they get paid commissions to do it. So what? Pay them the commission. It's built into the product anyway. You don't really pay it, but it's in the product, and the company pays it for them. The company that provides the product. But the point is, get help. Don't try to do this on your own. Be very, very conservative. Believe me, you'll thank me someday when, when, when all of a sudden the music stops and the money stops, and uh, you know there's no chairs left. You got to make sure you play it safe, okay? To some degree, I want you to have fun with it and, and all that, but you got to be careful because it's easy to go through a lot of money really fast, especially if you've made, never made it before and it kind of goes to your head a little bit, and uh, it's just easy to do. Okay. All right. So I think you get the idea. Live below your means, bottom line. All right. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Again, subscribe at, at uh, the authorspeakerpodcast.org, O-R-G. Subscribe. We'll send you an email every week with a new episode. And with that, I will see you next time. I'm Steve Siebel.